Good morning, Faith Family. We are excited to go further with you on some practical ways that we can be the church here in Beaumont, Texas. Mm -hmm. And I got to say, this past Sunday was a beautiful one for me. I don't know about you guys, but kind of a standard thing that we do here at First Baptist is we usually take the Lord's Supper um, on the first Sunday of the month. Mm -hmm. And this particular Sunday provided a lot of contrast for me. Mm -hmm. um, here's how. We we entered in, we we took up the Lord's Supper, which if you're unfamiliar with that, um, don't we, we did an episode on the Lord's Supper, right? Yeah, back in season one, if you want to go back and dive into it, you can watch or listen. We dove into the history, the purpose, yeah. what it means uh, to hold communion. So yeah, go look that up. Super important uh, practice for mm -hmm. us believers, mm -hmm. um, approaching the Lord's table with humility and brokenness in knowing that we need a savior. And um, that was a beautiful process for me because on the other side of that, uh, Dr. Moody's walking through Song of Solomon and you get to see uh, the lover pursuing the the woman in the story yeah. and that is God's pursuit of us. And mm -hmm. so uh, for me, I just walked away. I'm getting chills talking about it now because that is the gospel. That is mm -hmm. the Christian walk. When we enter in, I think it was Tim Keller who said, uh, the, the reality of the gospel is that we are more broken than we ever thought possible, but we are more loved than we ever, um, I'm butchering it, but it is, it's both and. Yeah, I love we are, it. We're unworthy, but he's still pursuing us and yeah. loving us. And, I love it. Uh, I just walked away really encouraged. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think we forget that a lot that, you know, um, we look, it's one of those things we always feel so much better in hindsight, right? From a high point looking back, right? But yeah. like, there's that point when you come to the realization that, you kind of see the story backwards. You see how much work God has moved and how he's moved, used the church. Now the Holy Spirit's been at work in your life, like oh, drawing goodness, you to yeah. him, you know? Mm -hmm. yeah. And and I always, always think that, think back to like, there's some famous theologians that were like, you know, what's the greatest thing you could ever say? What's the smartest thing ever? It's like, Jesus loves me. This I know. Mm, that's yeah. good. That's good. And that changes everything. Your, your viewpoint of you. And that was, uh, the, the, woman in the story in Song of Solomon, um, her whole self-worth grows as she looks at herself through his eyes, through the lover's eyes. And that that should be the same for us as we enter into God's word. And um, we're going to talk about discipleship here in a minute, but that that's the whole process. As we see ourselves through God's eyes, our self-worth grows, yeah. our value grows of, oh my gosh, he loves me that much. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's, that's huge. Yeah, you mentioned disciple making, and you've probably heard that a lot lately on these episodes of Further. Dr. Moody just wrote a book, Disciple Making Disciples. We've brought on individuals who've spoken about disciple making in the past. It's a, it's a, a pillar of this church. It's something that we as members of FBC Beaumont, we're really passionate about. And listening to the sermon from this past Sunday of Dr. Moody, I actually found some similarities uh, in when he was talking about how husbands should treat their wives and disciple making. Now, Full transparency, I did take a lot of notes because I need to learn how to treat my wife better. I'm, 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 I'm out there, Allison, you know it. I'm, I'm trying to be better about it. So Dr. Moody through the Holy Spirit had a lot of good words for me. But in addition to that, I found some similarities in disciple making. One of his quotes this uh, past Sunday was uh, spending time frequently investing in each other. He was talking about a husband and wife and the, and the relationship that that builds, the, the love, the, the romanticism that that builds. It's, it's important. I found that similar to disciple making, whether it's one-on-one -on -one or two-on-one in that disciple making relationship, because it takes time. 
It takes effort. It takes takes studying the word of God. You have to invest in one another, similar uh, to a marriage. Yeah. And it's not only in the word of God and in prayer, but also uh, in one another. Uh, it's not going to be something that uh, you treat as just a duty or something you have to do and, and get everything out of it. It has to be more than that. You have to actually care about the individual. You have to love that individual, just like in a marriage, just like in a disciple-making uh, relationship. That's what uh, disciple-making means for us here at FBC Beaumont. We hope it does uh, for you as well. You know, I run into that a lot when I'm helping churches um, integrate this personal disciple-making models. And they'll be like, okay, we got these groups together and we have this curriculum and we're ready to go. And I'm like, well, are, are, these, are these people very dear to you? What do you mean? Are you willing to be held accountable by them and hold them accountable? Are you willing to invest in their lives? Are you willing to pour into them on such a very personal level? And you can kind of see everybody kind of draw back a little bit. Like, you know, it's not, you can't run personal disciple making like you've run anything else except for maybe being a parent. Mm, mm. So, yeah. Yeah. You know, something else I picked up on Sunday and then those similarities was uh, he talked about building self-esteem uh, uh, for your wife. You being one of that fountain, that fountain of encouragement. It's just like in a disciple making relationship. Again, one on one or, or two on one doesn't really matter when you're in that group. I'm thinking of of men who I've been a part of a disciple making relationship with. We're encouraging one another because, first of all, none of us are perfect that are in that. Yeah. Right. Each one of us are struggling with something or we have struggled with something. So we are building we are building building uh, that relationship with, with each other as, uh, hey, we're in this together. We're in it with Christ together, guys. Let's talk about it. Let's build each other up. I'm reminded of Ephesians 4.29. Paul writes, do not let anything unwholesome come out of your mouth, but only what is helpful in building up others according to their needs. So not only does it talk about encouragement, it talks about being specific to the individual that you're talking about, right? You have enough care in them, enough time and effort invested in that individual to actually know what they're struggling with or, or what they battle or what their hopes are and their dreams are and speak life into them specific to what they care about, right? So that's that's a part of that disciple making. Yeah, I think you mentioned just where she goes and or finding that, that self-worth and that value. Uh, she's going to get it from somewhere. Yeah. And so yes. if we're not speaking into it, um, then that's we're just creating a vacuum there to be filled by someone else. And that could lead to all kind of disaster. And so the same is true for in our own life. If, if there is a vacuum there, it's going to be filled one way or another. Mm -hmm. And so it is the role of the discipler and the role of that discipleship group to spur one another along yeah. and constantly point one another, no matter what we're walking through in life, mm -hmm. to go to the word, yeah. to go to God's word for, for answers. You know, I, think, I think that um, right now we're dealing with a trend. Um, it seems like the church goes through trends like anything else and disciple making is becoming like the keyword. We just finished DMU. Right. It was great, man. God just really provided. But one of my greatest fears is that it, it's not just a trend. Like this is the methodologies of the church. Mm -hmm. um, and we have to be very cautious to not approach it like that. Mm -hmm. And so I'd like, I'd like y'all to kind of speak into some stuff that may be commonsensical to you from your discipling experience, but like it may be very new to someone out there who, who's not experienced this. So what are some things that you think kind of wow factored from your personal disciple making experience. Yeah. And, and so I'll go first. And, and if I can, if, if you don't know who Kurt is, Kurt, what's your official title with DMD? I am the executive director. So Kurt is very much invested in disciple making, not only uh, as a member or a partner at First Baptist Beaumont, but uh, as a part of disciple making disciples. Um, he is the executive director and someone who has helped write the curriculum for uh, us and all of us to yeah. better do that. Mm -hmm. um, but to get back to your question, uh, I think for me, a moment that stood out was I was in my 
it was the first discipleship group that I was ever a part of. And the discipler, um, we had earned each other's respect and been, uh, we had gotten to a place where we could speak into each other's personal life. You know, mm-hmm. it wasn't just uh, curriculum driven. Yes, there was um, filling in the blanks and, and working through the the church questions, if mm-hmm. you want. And I had a lot of pride with that. I struggled with that greatly because yeah, I did as someone who grew up in the church, I knew all the right things to say. And mm-hmm. that is, I guess, let me get on a soapbox here. That is not healthy disciple making if we are just approaching it with a fill in the blank mentality. Agreed. That's not the goal. The goal is to walk through this so it produces conversations in our real life. And that was new to me. And what it allowed in that group as someone in my mid-20s, someone, uh, I, I can't remember if I was newly married or just about to get married. Regardless, I needed boundaries in my life. And he spoke into my life in a way that kind of pinned my ears back. I remember him calling out one particular instance. And it was like, oh, I mean, it kind of set the stage of that's that's what we can talk about here. You can speak into our sin. And, and you know, we, we often whitewash things and sweep things under the rug, but that wasn't going to fly in my discipleship group. And that was huge for me. That mm-hmm. set the tone early of what what this is supposed to be for. I, I like you. I, um, I I literally remember holding discipleship essentials and shaking it and be like, yeah, nothing magic fell out. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you seriously think this is going to change anything? Yeah. And then like, a month or two months in, I'm like, this this process has changed everything. Mm. Right. And mm. it was not as much the curriculum. The curriculum's good and it's yeah, necessary. Not and to important. knock the curriculum. Right, right. right. Yeah. Right. Any curriculum. I don't yeah. care. I mean, it's not the curriculum because it's get not for the Bible. One? Right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. 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 Like, like, hey, yeah. <laughs> well, for me, it was similar to that, Bo. It's similar to your story uh, in that getting into the weeds. Uh, I, I can tell you that I've seen both throughout my sanctification, throughout my life of a disciple making process uh, with my discipler, Robert Cocott, and also being a part of group Bible studies, right? Whether it's co-ed or men or even going back to college uh, teams I was on, I, I've seen a lot of that. And those are good. Those have a place mm-hmm. in your in your walk with Christ, in your faith throughout your life. But there is a difference between that group Bible study and that disciple making, again, that one-on-one or two-on-one. For me, I was more apt to get into the real nitty-gritty, the real rough parts of my life in a disciple-making where it was one-on-one with with Robert and I uh, because I could be open and be transparent uh, with my life. But the reason that I could do that is because first, Robert was open and transparent with his life with me, with what he struggled with, with where, how far he's come with, what has God done in his life, where he uh, sees his walk with Christ going, uh, what he's fearful of, you know, all of that, just laying it all out on the table allowed me to have enough trust in Robert to share the same with him, you know, what I've struggled with, what I'm fearful of struggling with, right? What are my hopes are in my walk with Christ? All that was out there with both of us because we both had that trust in one another. And I think that's a key point to take away today that if you are in a uh, disciple-making relationship right now, or if you're going into one, whether you're the disciple or the discipler, uh, you have to be willing to go there, right? Yeah. Uh, and believe me, it's worth it. There's joy there. There's there's peace there. There is tranquility there. I'm telling you, it's, it's something that is tough to do in that group Bible study and for good reason, right? It could 10, 20 people. It's tough to open up the entire story of your life to that many uh, that many people at one time but if it's one on one or two on one there is uh, there is great joy in that yeah. yeah I think one of the big conversations right now is like the difference between discipleship and disciple making mm-hmm. and the use of that word and I, I would say 
it's dangerous in some of these definitions, um, but the easiest way I can think of saying is that discipleship is an investment in anyone's growth of spiritual maturity, mm, which good. which could be which could be a sermon, which could be a Bible study, which could be a text message, all of which are huge. So do not discount that. Right, right. But disciple making is kind of the full encompassment of sharing the gospel to someone, and when those who come to faith being involved in their growth of their spiritual maturity to the point that they can repeat that process. Mm. Right. And I think that it's kind of a, an accomplishment of that. And so write and that down to your so listener or watching this week, very intentionally done. Right. And I would like to state that it looks different uh, in children's ministry. Mm. Um, and, and I say that for this reason, um, you, you have a two year old, and so you're probably not going to be two, four, one. I can't even you're, you're probably you're probably not going to be working. Y'all are not going to be working your sons through Greg Ogden's discipleship essentials anytime soon. That's correct, right? <laughs> because that's just not where they're at, yeah. yeah. And they're not supposed to be, yeah. So it'll look different because you're going to be investing in them for a very long period of time. Absolutely. Now you you would hope it is your greatest prayer. I would think as a father that your children would come to know the Lord in a personal way, right? Which is step one. And then that you would then disciple them to spiritual maturity, and one day they will repeat that process mm-hmm. of sharing the gospel and being involved in the spiritual growth of others. Amen. I, I'm so thankful you said that. Uh, even, you know, I knew what we were going to talk about, and even on this episode, I've mistakenly said discipleship versus disciple-making, and there is a difference. There is a distinction there. Um, I've never heard it boiled down that simply, so thank you for that, Kurt. Um, clearly, you have earned your title at Disciple-Making Disciples. Um, but no, that, that was extremely helpful, and um, I think I was I Googled a quote real quick. Um, I'm about to tie The Great Gatsby into this conversation. Y'all ready for this? Um, Can't wait. So the, in The Great Gatsby, they're, they're talking about parties, and he says, uh, I think this is Gatsby talking, he says, I like large parties. They're so intimate. At small parties, there isn't any privacy. And I thought about that quote because that is what a healthy disciple making group Mm. does is there's, there is no room to escape and going back to what you were talking about. It's easy in a Bible study, uh, in a living room to just not answer the questions or to let the, you know, the, the three people who are going to talk, let them talk and you can just hide. Um, but in a disciple making group, um, you can't do that. You're doing life with them. Uh, and then mm-hmm. also what, what you were talking about, we so often want to segregate, um, outreach and discipleship and those two worlds can live together. Uh, think about the people that are at your workplace, the people, your friends, your neighbors, whoever it is, leading them to the Lord and investing in their spiritual walk for the long haul. There's no, is, is there a timeline on this process or? I mean, I would say, okay, so obviously with your kids, it could be a very long process. Yeah. Right. It's one of my things that, um, you know, children's workers are invested in the long haul, right? Mm-hmm. Like the really long game yes, of are. disciple making. Right. Mm-hmm. And so is, is there a timeline when someone has hit a point of success? It's going to happen when it happens. That's right. Right. And then the other thing I would say is don't, I think it's very easy to write off those who do not immediately appear successful. Mm. Um, and in reality, their story's not done yet. Love that. Yeah. That was my story. Is that- That's my story. Yeah. Yeah. For me too. For yeah. me too. And, and, and thinking back to uh, disciple making and that, that atmosphere, if you are somebody who doesn't like speaking up in a group Bible study, then you might be excited about going through the disciple making process because it's one on one or two on one, right? It's that tiny group where you don't have to speak up to to a large group. So maybe you're an introvert, and maybe that is that's going to be your alley where you're really going to find that true growth that maybe you've been looking for. Maybe you haven't found that yet in a group Bible study. Each one of our stories is different, uh, but I encourage you to find that out. 
Um, I'm going to quote Dr. Moody here. I love it when he says, this is Christianity. When we take the time to Mm -hmm. invest in each other personally, Mm -hmm. Um, the disciple making process is not something new. Um, it's something that Jesus prescribed and it's, it's, uh, it works. Mm. Um, and we're passionate about it here and we hope that you are passionate about it too. Uh, we want to thank you guys for coming further with us this week, but without further ado, uh, please go and be the church.